Are men who use reusable totes a little soft? This is the focus group. <laughs> it's the savvy side of nine to five. Listen. Bueller. 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 Laugh. <laughs> and learn. Negotiation. This is what you do in business. This is the focus group with Tim Bennett. S T A U N C H. And John Nash. Keep your clothes looking neat and clean. We're all business. Except when we're not. Bought these other shirts. Hey, welcome to the focus group. John and I are going through our wardrobe. We hope you, um, we're glad you're joining us here on Wednesday, August 14th in the doldrums of summer. And uh, thanks for tuning in. We're here every Wednesday at 1 p.m. East. Be sure to follow us along with us at focusgroupradio.com and all of our social media. Thanks to all of you that are enjoying our Tuesday podcast, which is TFG Unbuttoned, released every Tuesday morning. If you go to focusgroupradio.com, you can find uh, links to our podcast there as well as all the other platforms, both audio and video, for our show. Hello, Mr. Nash. Mr. Bennett. How are you? I'm doing good, and I've... uh... I uh, did something a while ago that has caused a kind of a funny ripple in the, in my home life. Uh-oh. So when I was taking my animation coursework, we had to do sketching every week. We had to capture a pose, line of action. Usually it's a person doing something, you know, kicking a soccer ball, running, whatever. And one thing that helps an artist uh, figure out proportion and a bunch of stuff is like a little model of the human being. You, you've seen them in stores with little right. wooden figures. Right, things. Well, I'm online the other day. And I'm in this animation forum, and some guy had posted, he said, hey, uh, hey, animators, if you want something inexpensive to use to pose, check out these human figures that this Japanese company makes. Well, I go onto the site, and I see a pic- they have two varieties. It's basically what it is, is a steel skeleton with 28 different joints replicating the body, the shoulder, the elbow, the wrist, and it's covered by this, like a... They call it um, like surgical grade rubber, and it's and it's it, it, to the touch it feels almost like skin. And uh, you buy the body, and then you have to buy a separate head to clip on. And the head could be like Jake Gyllenhaal, Arnold Schwarzenegger. So I buy the doll, right? I buy this thing for what? So I can pose him, and I could draw him. And the the unique thing about the doll, this action figure, it's weighted correctly so that if you if you set it up like a human, it will balance correctly. So that's how you know where your center of gravity is, the whole bit. Well, What did this cost? It was like, I think, $80 or something. Well, I didn't want to. I have a, bought a Barbie. <laughs> I could have bought a, uh, there's a new line of Barbies coming out, Star Wars Barbies. Oh. There's a Barbie with the Darth Vader cape on. And Anyway. Kidding me. I know. Everything's Star Wars. So this doll arrives, but the head was separate, the separate purchase. What head did you get? I got a neutral kind of head, but the guy has a stern look on his face. But I showed my doorman, actually. He goes, my God, look at the detail. I mean, someone somewhere painted like little stubble on and the eyes clip on the head. And I'm posing the thing. And I do this pose where the guy, it looks like he's almost going to run and it's crouching down. And and I'm like, Bob, look, I could could create a pose. I could set it up. I could draw it. You know, I could. So Bob's looking at the accessory bag that came with the doll, right? And he's not paying any attention to me. I'm like, look, it's got a center of gravity, and I can move the shoulders. I can do all this stuff. He dumps the accessory bag. He goes, what are these things? And he pulls three little things out, and they were genitalia. (laughs) So the first genitalia was a penis in a flaccid state, unexcited, right? And it, I don't. Was so, it was it size correct? 
absolutely correct. For, Supposedly. For the, allegedly. For the doll. Yeah. The doll. It even included a... Anatomically uh, correct. It even included that little patch uh, of hair there. You're kidding me. Not real painted. you have a picture of this painted. thing? No, and I should have. Um, so then he pulls this other thing out of the little accessory pouch, and it's a semi-erect penis. So it's not, it's not like... Flaccid. It's not full, you know, full flagpole, but it's something in between. And the way these things, you you, you just stick it to the the because of the rubber, it it he, it just sticks until it like falls off later or something. But naturally, Bob being Bob, I'm, I'm saying this in the most loving of ways. He was obsessed with the fact that the doll came with these. Yeah, jokes. why would it? And then the, for the final, so then I but then I do a pose where I'm I have the I I do a thing where the the guy's as if he's looking up into the sky like bending backwards, and Bob plants right on the the crotch, the erect penis accessory. <laughs> And I look at him, and he goes, look, look. And I'm like, yeah. I said, are we, like, going to do school kid stuff all day and play with the genitalia? He goes, I think this is the coolest thing in the world. He goes, look, at they sent you three genitalia. I go online, and I didn't realize this. No one mentioned it in the art forum. That I've, They were all like, this is a great model. You could pose it. You could draw it. Buy whatever head you want. doesn't matter because you don't care about the head. You're getting line of action. No one mentioned this. But I go to <laughs> – I, I dig into the Amazon reviews because I didn't pay attention. I knew what I was buying. Review after review. Hey, everybody, does this come with genitalia? <laughs> like, why would you include this, right? Like, I, I, From Japan. Yeah, well, they're not hung up on that sort of thing, but I think it's odd. And the fact they'd give you three different ones. It's well, like giving you a David with... It, it, gave, it gave, also gave you four sets of hands, like an open hand, a fist, a semi-closed, relaxed, like, so you could pose it, right? But wouldn't you be, if you were drawing it, would you You wouldn't care about the genitalia. Yeah, you that's what I'm saying. So, and, and particularly to have three different versions of it. <laughs> You'd probably or flaccid, had yeah. you'd probably have a pair of pants or something. Came with a pair of shorts. Okay, so Bob again. Did you dress it with a boner? Yes, he he's obsessed. Well, obsessed with this, right? So he takes the little shorts out, and I said, no, 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 no. I said the shorts are not going on. What are you prude? What are you prude? Well, look, it came with three. I'm like, I, it's not about that. I said, just don't do it. He starts lying the shorts. On. I said, honey, I told you not to put the shorts on the dolly. Why? Because it stains. And I said, you have to wash them first before you put it on. It's going to leave a mark on the rubber, this synthetic, surgical-grade, human-like rubber. Can I tell you, though, I love this thing because every morning I, there's a, a website I go to, and it's called Pose of the Day. And it's for artists. And basically, you take a, you're supposed to draw it. But I take the picture, and I pose the doll out. And I learn things like where the hips are supposed to be, where the shoulders are supposed to be. It's just for this is a colossal waste of your time. <laughs> I know it is not. This is unbelievable to me. <laughs> you spent 80 bucks for this thing. Yeah, what well, you did. You actually. can't draw. You know how to draw? Yeah, I can draw. So what are you going to draw? I'm just learning about line of action, about weight, about giving something weight. Weight's a big thing with animation. And then what? It's just, for, just to do that with. You know, it's just fun. It's just something to do. Keeps my skills set up. I'm going to buy a xylophone. Ding, 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 ding. You could be like Bob when Bob wanted to learn piano. I come home from... Bob buy a piano? I came home from a business trip. This is many years ago. Electric keyboard? Came home from a trip to San Diego. He had the Moog... He had the keyboard set up, and there's a little book out that says, you can learn piano. See, I would do that. He wanted to be like Liberace. Yeah. And I know that you always wanted to learn how to play piano, but... The keyboard lasted for a little while, and that keyboard cost a lot more than the doll with the little genitalia, believe me. 
So I had to hide the, the props. I said, the props are going away. Okay, props are going away. So, you, so we pose the dolly every morning. Not every morning, but I, I do marvel at the fact that it looks terrific. It's it's of course they modeled this doll. This how doll, tall is it? Twelve inches. Uh, they modeled the doll to resemble like a, a, a like a, a muscled guy, but not overly muscled. You could buy different kinds. You could buy a female. You could buy a super muscle guy. Was he uh, circumcised or uncircumcised? That's it. Garrett found it. <laughs> oh, okay, John. Wait a minute now. <laughs> so are you kidding me? Is this what you bought? Garrett, what does the description say? Yeah, Garrett, this is it. It's a nude model. This is it. This is exactly it. Look, he could pose him. Realistic silicon body with male genitalia, John. I just ordered it. It's right it there in the headline. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, there you go. It doesn't show the genitalia, though. Oh, wait, there's the things. Go in on those. There's the hands. Look at the way the one hand is. Where do you think that hand's going? And I think someone photoshopped that, that one genitalia accessory. It's not as big as that, but they definitely played around. Yeah, you so didn't see any of this. I just you didn't saw notice any of that. Because I did it, I went to a link to a different version of this from an artist forum, like an animation forum. And it was only after the thing arrived that I, then we started to look. I was like, oh my God, it comes with all this stuff. It's like buying a blow-up doll. It's a pool toy. <laughs> I didn't know it was a blow-up doll. I thought it was a pool toy. I thought you'd, I thought you'd get a real kick out of this little I find one. this whole thing odd. <laughs> See, I really do. Look at, now imagine posing that, right? That looks like a real, I mean... Yeah, but I don't understand the fascination with the genitalia. I don't have a fascination with it. No, I mean, but the doll. I mean, that's the thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then they got it blurred out here on the... And look at the hands. Well, that's... Yeah, you, you clip on the hands you want. Do you have toes? His feet are uniformly the same. They don't... Yeah, he has little toes, yeah. And you could buy different... Did you name him? Gotta give him a name. Call him the doll. Listeners, if you have a name for John's little dolly... My artist doll. Send it, send it to letters at Focus Group Radio. The reason I did this is... Give us a call. The reason I did this is years ago... Um, oh, look, it's Billy's going to chime in. Hey, Billy. <laughs> Can you believe this, Billy? Uh, hey, Billy. I know what I'm getting for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Billy, the thing is hysterical. When you feel the skin... <laughs> <laughs> but, but John, is it proportional? <clears throat> yeah, is it proportional? Uh, yeah, the answer is yes. Uh, well, Bob seems to think that they, they made the, the add-on genitalia a little smaller than it should be. And the well, head's a it's little It's always smaller a little smaller than it should be. be. <laughs> uh, well, it is Japanese. But... Hey, Billy, before yeah. we forget, how's your partner doing? Oh, he's good. Fully functional. All recovered from, uh, from the surgery? Uh, well, yeah, I, you know, I gave it a road test the other night. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get the dolly. Maybe he needs the dolly. Have you been flying at all? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Not too much. You've had some nice weather for it. I was on a bike ride the other day, and I was going right by one end of the Kleinkill Airport. I think you've flown in there, haven't you? Yeah, they have their flying breakfast next month. Oh, you and I got to be in touch, because if I'm going to be up, I want to see you at the airfield. But as I was riding by, I think the wind was going in the direction that allowed the plane to land. Like, it flew a, a, a biplane, it looked like. Yeah, a yellow biplane flew right over my head, I think. It always feels like you'd reach up and touch the wheels, but it was really close, because he was coming in for a landing. Really cool thing. Billy flies into an airport near our house, like a mm. grass. It's a grass strip, but they keep it really nice. 
Yeah, that's, um, I believe, the 14th or 15th. It's a Saturday. Yeah. You know, John, you know how, how the days go, so you can probably tell me, what day is Saturday next month? Uh, well, uh, we have the 28th, the next, uh, the 28th, 29th, 30th, uh, th so it's going to be, seven. yeah, it's a Saturday. I think it's going to be Saturday the 14th, Saturday the 14th or 15th. <laughs> see, see, you just know these things. Um, and apparently I know I know where to buy anatomically correct what I thought was an artist model. Now, people buy these dolls, by the way, and you could buy clothes for them, too. Who needs clothes? Anyway, <laughs> Tim, uh, Lumen Products, how are you doing with yours? I like them. You know, I, I actually today in the shower, I, I have it on the side of my uh, on my shower and I do the scrub and then I do the uh, the wash, the charcoal wash. And then I put the moisturizer on at the, uh, the at the end. I've been moisturizing my face since I was, I don't know, in my early 20s. I do it every day. Oh. And um, Edwin and I both did uh, mass on Saturday night. and I looked at him and I said, we are so gay. <laughs> did you do the Queen Helene facial mask? Green. It was a green? It was a Queen Helene one. The mint the julep for your aloe. face. Yeah. Well, get these Lumen. You'll, you'll, you'll like this Lumen stuff. It really tightens your face Is up nice. Luminskin.com slash oh, focus. I have it. I'm using it, yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Cool. So, you know, um, Billy, I, I've been using it a lot now that they've, they, and I, I'm actually really happy with it, and Tim's not lying. It's about a minute and a half, maybe. Yeah. It, it, it's, so it's easy, breezy, and I, I love the way it makes my skin feel. The only problem is on those little jars, I, I, my best glasses do not cut it when you have to read the directions. Okay. We talked we about this. Thing. We talked right. about this. I, I, I'm, I only use readers occasionally. I had to put them on, and I had a magnifying glass on top of the readers. And I thought to myself, well, okay, it's probably marketed to guys in their early 20s who have, like, Superman eyesight, right? <laughs> I have an old boss who used to always have a magnifying glass on his desk, and now I, have, I do the same thing, and I laugh because I'm like, Phil, what are you doing? We have another client we're working with, Billy, who's got the same situation with their boxes. I think the, uh, the type is way too... For who their customer is, it, it's too hard to read. Yeah, and but so that, you can see your name, but other than that, yeah, I have yeah. the magnifying glass to read dime size and for 20 seconds. Yeah, no, you're, ex you're exactly right. That's a good point. Yeah, he, he got the dime size. That's for this to wash for yeah. 20 seconds. All right, I'm going to go polish the wheels on my walker, so I'll catch you later. <laughs> Thanks, and, buy, and get yourself a dolly. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, remember me at Christmas. <laughs> Thanks, Billy. This dolly thing, I don't know. I thought you'd get a kick out of it. You know, I, I don't buy a lot of I, 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 I hit the buy button. What was it, late at night? It was. You, it was the night. I, it, remember, Bob's family was visiting a few weekends ago. You were mad. I, no, no. I came back to the city on a Saturday. I got to the Did apartment. you have a drink? I had a drink. I also had something else. I watched a movie. So we decided to shop late at night. And I click, and I thought, I want this thing so I could sketch or do whatever. And and the next morning I woke up, I thought, oh, I should cancel the order. and Because Amazon sent a note saying, your order shipped. I'm like, oh, no, that was a mistake. I shouldn't buy the rubber dolly. But you know what? I got to tell you something. I like the doll. I want you to bring that in the next time we have a live show. And I just set it right here, and I want you to pose it. I'll bring it in. Bring in the, the genitalia. Pose, yeah. you're, you're, trust me, you're going to be, especially... All right, I want to see it. I do like playing with things. This like Dolly that. has a nice caboose, as we say. Ugh. I don't know who they modeled this thing after, but he's he's a good-looking guy. Well, there you go. <laughs> so, what caught your eye this week? What caught your eye? Here's what Tim and John found. Okay, um, Tim and I, uh, or me and Tim, Tim and I. It's actually me and, and Tim. Me? Tim and me. What and are you Tim. supposed to say? We always me say it wrong. Me and Tim. Me and Tim. 
Uh, we hail from schools. advertising and marketing. We've both been in the industry for most of our uh, professional careers, starting probably in our mid-20s. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's I, I honestly say sometimes, it, it, to me, it was an accidental career falling into advertising. I liked graphic design and typography. Then and, and advertising, I think the reason I like it so much is when it's done right, it makes me laugh and I remember something. There are three areas that I hate being a consumer for. Buying a new car, dealing with tires, <laughs> or any tires. tire store. I hate Why tires. I hate the upsell, the whole I hate the whole upsell. Say thing. no. N O. You're good at this. You just say no. Yeah, well you yeah, you and I say no at different times. You you got a tire package, I got the <laughs> You don't always say, say no. no. Sometimes you walk out with something on that. I didn't get anything this time. No, Last you did time. you did good. And I like your car. Um so we were watching, uh, Bob and I were watching TV the other day and this, this ad comes on and we both bust out laughing at the same time because it's about this thing on cars that always scares the crap out of me when it comes on. So Steve's going to play a commercial here and the company is, um, Discount Tire. Oh look, it's our dramatic little friend, the tire pressure light. So bright, so needy. What does it even mean? A drop in air temperature? A moody sensor? Hmm. Good thing there are people down the street who check pressure, never apply it. Since 1960, you know we got your back and your front. Come into Discount Tire and let's get you taken care of. People who check your pressure, they don't apply it. That tire pressure light drives me crazy. Nine times out of ten, it means nothing, but the one time you f ignore it... Oh, my God, I'm in a crazy town. <laughs> I've got the dolly, now I've got this pressure light. Are you kidding me? You don't like that ad? You didn't think that this pressure thing bothers you? Oh, it bothers the hell out of me, yeah. All right, I'll tell you why. Tim learns... We've known each other since high school, and you still learn something new every day. So the other day, Tim, I was, I'll just quickly say, I was telling you something. I told you about this new car thing. You st I stop, you look at me. It's over. It's over. it's over. We're moving. You got it. We're moving on. Which made me feel great, by the way. <laughs> you, can't, you can't fester. This tire thing, though. So on a bicycle, if you have a tire problem, you're screwed. You, uh, you know, it's, they're tiny little tires, right? In a car, I always think tires are really important in a car. I don't want to be underinflated. I don't want to be overinflated. I want good mileage. But nine, as I said, five or nine times out of ten, when that light comes on, the air changed. Like it went from... Really cold, really hot. Yeah, exactly. But then there's the one time it actually is telling you something. There's a bolt in the tire or something. You know what I'm getting at. So I just, I thought it was a funny little take on a little thing on the dashboard that totally... All those lights on your dashboard. The only time you have to worry is if it's a total blackout or it's blinking. If it just comes on, ignore it. What about, what are, what are you talking about the blinking thing? If your light is blinking, I don't care what it is, check what engine, engine. If whatever. it's blinking, there's a problem. If it comes on, it's computer issue. Don't even worry about it. Shut it off. Start the Folks, car again. you heard it from Tim, but I wouldn't trust that. I'm going to push back against that. Listen, I'm going to rerun the show when we do a rerun of you with the gas thing when we were in Oregon, Eastern Oregon, your old right. lady Nellie. Gas when light came on. We had 60 miles left on the car, and you would have thought we were in the middle of Botswana trying to find a gas station. You were so nervous. He was, he turned into a crazy man, like a lunatic. I said, we've got 60 miles to go. We'll find a gas station. Got to pull over. Got to pull over immediately. Somebody needs to find a gas station. Somebody get out. 
the next exit, we'll get off and get gas, John. Don't worry about it. You get on the, you get on the computer. Get on it right now. Find a gas station. There's gas station. And you're like that with the tire pressure? Mm-hmm. So when your light goes on in the tire in the car, you stop? No. What do you do? I, frankly, I, I ignore it for a while, and then it comes on again. I'm like, now nah, I've got a problem. Or if they, when... Do you yeah. get out and test it? Oh, yeah. and But, you know, again, that's why I thought that ad was funny. Just the dialogue in the ad. Oh, what does it mean? Does it mean it's moody? Is it this? Is it that? I just thought it was a funny take on... Let's go back to why that caught my eye. <laughs> Advertising works when I see myself in the ad. and You I, saw yourself as a little... When the light comes on... You saw yourself as the, the, the scared woman with well, the Well, she's light. not scared. Yeah, she, she is. No, she is not. She's disgusted. She could have just gone out and to put her tire gauge on a thing and saw that she was a pound or too low. Too hot out. You have to go there. I'm sure they sold her a tire. You went to go get a tire the other day. You're not telling that story. I thought that's a story you were going to tell. John had a little bubble coming out of his tire, and he goes, size of an I egg. said to him, I said, go, he said, should I get, yes, you should get it, just get a new tire. He goes to get a new tire, I forget whatever, you, wherever Walmart you went, they try to convince him he needs four new tires. So John's going to put four new tires on the car, he said, you're absolutely crazy. Yeah. You think every time anybody got a flat, a flat tire. tire, they put all new four tires on a car. Well, I know that it might ride differently in the tread, you get one tire. So I got one tire. And you're fine. I'm, I was perfectly happy being directed down that path. What if you bought four? I'd be pissed. <laughs> you would be, because... <laughs> I mean, you'd be pissed, too, though. Well, you didn't have to buy four tires. I agree. I totally agree. But that's why you like that ad, too, because they're supposedly they're not going to pressure you at the discount tire. Supposedly they're not going to... That's true. And, and that's what I hate about this whole class of stuff. You know, I get the car uh, oil changed at, uh, like, Amco or something, and the guy that owns... Or Jiffy Lube upstate, and the guy that owns it is a huge VW fan. And one day I had gone and gotten the tire, a bolt taken out of a tire, um, causing air pressure problem. And the guy said, hey, by the way, these rotors are, are worn. And so, you know, they walk you out, they show it to you. I think it looks like a worn rotor. I really don't remember what rotors look like. I only helped my dad do the brake pads, stuff, you know, so. They're rusty. They're rusty. Well, guess what? So they change the rotors i go in to have the car checked for uh, inspection and oil change later the owner of the the store says your car has brand new rotors and i said yeah i said the other ones were worn he goes uh-uh he goes the rotors that shipped on your car are rated for 60,000 miles he goes they're really rated for 60 he says tires they tell you 60 you get 45 maybe you get 40 rotors are real he goes they're supposed to be rusty they're under the car yeah he goes, where'd you have this done? I told him, he goes, I hate that place. They lie to people. He went to him, bump, bump. And I was like, where am I supposed to go? He goes, well, from now on, go to Walmart. Well, Walmart's the one that says you need four tires. <laughs> so guess what? They're all upselling or playing a game, which I hate. All right, what caught your eye? <laughs> I, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so this one. I read this, and then I, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll see what you think about it. So the headline is, Some straight men avoid using reusable bags to avoid looking gay. So they said, Imagine a straight man saying, Yo, dude, I brought this tote bag for my groceries. No homo. I don't know what that means. What does that mean? No homo. means uh, I'm not gay, even though I did a gay thing. Oh. No homo. Okay. Oh, all right. So, do you, do you? So, I'll ask you guys. Do you think that when you see, will you guys bring reusable totes into into uh, grocery stores? I do. I uh, no. Do you think people think differently of you? 
Or do you think differently of people you see with reusable totes? The guys, you think they're a little soft? Maybe like 10 years ago, but not now. No. Good point. Yeah, never thought good point. About it, yeah. I never thought about it either. So it says, sounds ridiculous, yet new research from Penn State shows that both men and women question a man's sexuality if he engages in pro-environmental behavior, such as the feminine reusable bag. They said that was a very feminine thing initially with men using these reusable totes. They said the same goes for women, however. They said when women try to do the right thing by Mother Nature and do masculine pro-environmental behaviors, people look at them differently as well, such as caulking windows. So they said that these gender non-conforming things, so if a guy hung out his clothes on the line, he'd be perceived as being gay. And if a woman was checking the air pressure on her tires, she would be perceived as being a lesbian, even though both are straight. Yeah. There was these gender conforming roles of men should not use reusable totes, but women can. This has men to be, can do caulking of windows, but women can't. This is an Amer a uniquely American thing, by the way, right? So if well, you didn't if, say if that, European Europeans have been using reusable bags for a lot longer than us. And if you happen to be French or live in France or Spain, even in the UK, electricity is so expensive that people always air dry their clothes, men and women. But here, that would be, uh, that's, I just think it's kind of weird. Yeah, so the participants in the study tended to rely on gender roles to assess a person's sexuality. Men who engaged in masculine pro-environmental behaviors and women who engaged in feminine ones are viewed as more heterosexual than those who engaged in gender non-conforming behaviors. And they said if, uh, if being seen as heterosexual is important to a person, that person may prioritize gender-conforming over gender non-conforming environmental behaviors. Can you believe somebody studied this? Yes, I can. <laughs> they got a grant for it probably, right? So they said that just think of all the straight dudes whose fragile masculinity keeps them from going green. So yeah, so they said that a lot of people, a lot of guys particularly won't use the reusable totes because people think they're gay. Now, I always see people at the Trader Joe's, you know, bringing the bags in and I do have a certain opinion of them. I usually think when I see the ladies are lesbians in a Subaru. And I'm usually right, I follow them back to the car. <laughs> They got cat food, litter. I bet they're just as equally as afraid of the low pressure light as I am with their little bags and their cats and their, you know. Well, I think they're probably a little more aggressive. They probably got a tire gauge. <laughs> more aggressive. They don't let that light get in don't their let way. They don't let that light get, get out that little. And by the way, what a funny thing, the tire. Remember those tire, the little plastic. you have one? Yeah, sure we do. But You, you don't know, use I, it? I use it, yeah. But, you know, my favorite device is there's a gas station upstate that you, is a digital air thing. You, oh, you like the digital one. You plug in the exact PSI you want, and it bring it beep, 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 beep. When your tire hit, I like, like that. I'm like, I want exact. You're a lot like Richard with the tire thing. You know, I, I am surprised at you, actually. You know, you know where I learned this behavior from. From you. No, I, th I think you have to maintain your car and take care of your car, but you can't be, you, you can't, you, you, you. listen, cars are a problem now. I think they put too much electronic and computer oh. stuff in them, and there's too much going wrong. You know, my, my car set up some meltdowns with the electronic system. Whoa, 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 whoa. Some meltdowns? Several. Your whole car melted down, melted down to the point where they didn't even know how to fix it and they basically hauled it off, excused your lease and gave you, and you got to go into a new car. <laughs> but I think, you know, that's a problem with, with all vehicles now is they're so reliant on all this computer software that the slightest little thing can make it seem like a disaster and it's not really. And you just said something that's very, that you did teach me. You have to be aware of your equipment. I mean, if you draw the line there and just say, no, how's your oil? If you're going on a big car trip, maybe you're driving 
over a three-day period, yeah, check the tires, make sure the oil is okay. I obsess about it because I don't want those lights on, and the only one that's ever come on for me is the uh, the, the tire thing. You know, and the other thing the car does, I don't know if your car does it too, when it goes below 39 degrees, it chimes. Yeah. Here's the cra- then I look at it, and there's a snowflake on the dashboard. I'm like, okay. Just let you know, the, the bridge may freeze before the road. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, but does it need to like scream out? Like you got to do what Brian at Admar three hundred and sixty did with his car. He just used to put black tape over everything. <laughs> no way, really. He had a Nissan Pathfinder, and the lights would never shut off, so he just took black electrical tape and put it over everything. So what you don't see, you don't see it. What you don't see doesn't bother you. Okay. Yeah. Business birthday. Everyone does celebrity birthday greetings, but the Focus Group is the only show in the universe that celebrates business birthdays. Born today, August 14th, 1954. He's 65. Robert Eckhart. I don't know much about him, and there wasn't much written about him either, but he's an American businessman or business person, chairperson, and CEO of Mattel from 2000 to 2011. Prior to that, from 97 to 2000, he was CEO of Kraft Foods. He's currently an operating partner with a private equity wait, firm. Wait, wait, wait. From food to toys. Which is the same thing. Well, I guess it's packaged goods, right? Yep, he received his bachelor's degree in uh, business from the University of Arizona and his MBA from Northwestern. He, uh, he joined Mattel as chairman and chief executive officer after he left Kraft, Kraft being the largest U.S.-based packaged food company in the world. He was there for uh, a number of years. He rose up to be uh, obviously president and chief executive before he was recruited to go to Mattel. And Mattel was named uh, Fortune Magazine's 100 Best Companies to Work For four years in a row, also has a great rank in the Corporate Responsibility Index. Uh, headquarters is El Segundo, California. How many people do you think work for Mattel? In 43 countries. 43 countries. Those products in more than 150 nations. What if I said 28,000 worldwide? Close, 31,000. Oh, okay. You know what their tagline is? I didn't know they had a tagline. What is it? Oh, fun makes kids. What there's a, it's like creating the future of play. Oh, someone doesn't like that tagline. It's stupid. They don't need a tagline. Creating the future of play. You'll know them from their toys such as a Barbie, which is the most popular fashion doll ever produced. And there's Ken. Tim put up Hot Wheels, American Girl, Fisher Price brands. And uh, so he left in two, he left in 2012. And uh, he's now, as I said, with a private equity firm, also non-executive director at Strauss, McDonald's, and Amgen. Yeah, I put up that little Ken, that you herring that, magic right? Ken, which I have. It's still, this, this came out in 1992. It's still surprising to me because... Yeah, look, look at this. If you're you have watching, to do is look at it. If you're, all you have to do is look at it. Herring magic Ken. Look at what's around his neck. Because that, that, he earned the nickname Cochrane Ken, right? Yeah. And it, they got bought up like crazy. I was living in Chicago at the time. Marianne and I ran out to the CVS. They had them. Or no, it was... Uh, Did you get them on sale? You're it gonna... was a Walgreens. They had them uh, there for sale. We laughed and we bought them. I still have one in a box. But who okayed that? He's in a lavender vest, a pink shirt, a silver... The oh, ring. The thing that looks... Silver ring at. around his neck and the earrings and the blue eyes and the frosted hair. Well, you know... Someone said, okay, let's make it. He's L.A. He's like a surfer dude. Is that what you think it was? I think there's a very L.A. influence there, yeah. I mean, they gave him the blonde What was supposed to be around his neck? A necklace? But they put that ring thing around him. That's why he got the nickname. I mean, all the... We know what's around his neck. (laughs) Good birthday. Very good birthday. Yeah. So, hey, you... uh, 
those of you who are fans of the show know that uh, Deep Discount has been partners of us here for quite a while. Be sure to go to focusgroupradio.com to own your passion. Just click on the Deep Discount logo when you go to Focus Group Radio and start shopping away. That way we get credit for it. And I think we have... Back by popular demand, we've got a visitor today. With the us. original Sharky. Who's, who's with us? He's from Rehoboth, and he's is this here. The Sharky. Steve's going to zoom in. I'm wearing the green opera glove, so he fades. You think out. you're going to? You think it's going to work? Let's see. Sharky the shark. He's here for savings. <laughs> I swim deep for savings. I have to mention that um, our friend Lauren's husband John had a birthday last he week. Did. So Sharky says, John, I'm wishing you the best of birthdays. Dive deep. He could have been our business birthday. savings. Go sideways. There he is. Oh. You know something? I'm here to save you money with deep discount. Tim, tell them what the sale is today. <laughs> oh, God. You gotta, I'm getting the flourish. You got to do the flirt. I think you got to spend a little more time on your male model dolly. That's what I think you need to do. Are you trying to get the words right? What's the, what's the sale? So the sale, Tim Sharky. Is, Tim is jealous is of the puppet, is, even though it came from a town he lives in called Rehoboth. <laughs> Rehoboth. <laughs> <laughs> it's documentaries and special interest sale. I love a documentary. So we've got some documents. So what, what did uh, Sharky the Shark find this week for the documentaries? Tim, I found a documentary. I dove down to the treasure chest at the bottom of the sea. <laughs> oh and God. I brought up with me a movie called Breaking Habits. Let me read you the description and you'll know why I got this film from Deep Discount. Happy birthday, John. This is as bad as the Carson's. <laughs> yeah, it is. it is. It's the great Karnak. Nuns. Guns and cannabis. Meet Sister Kate. Hi, Sister Kate. Former corporate executive, reborn rebel, and founder of Sisters of the Valley, California's fastest growing marijuana farm, providing medical cannabis to those in need. This is her journey. Buy this disc. Is this a, is so what is it? Is documentary about pot? Yeah. Well, it's about specifically about a nun before I think it's before legalization of cannabis, at least for medical use, who helped provide medical cannabis to those in need. But oh, but how else could? What a great intro, Tim. Nuns, <laughs> nuns, guns and cannabis. Nuns, guns and cannabis. There you go. It's perfect. I um I picked something a little similar, I guess. Not really. It's called uh, Secret Societies: Belief Systems of the Ruling Elite. And uh, this came out uh, last year in August of 2018. It's one of those manufactured on demand discs, which I think are pretty cool. But uh, you can get it on DVD for uh, for 15.79, and it goes through a lot of the different secret societies that have been part of the U.S. So things like the Freemasons, or I was wondering whether they also talked about like Skull and Bones, which I think has a lot of big influence in the U.S. So I've always been fascinated by these secret societies. If you or no, you have no interest. It's kind of science fiction, science fiction isn't it? I'm playing you as the shark. <laughs> well, yes, it's kind of like the Freemasons. You just said them, right? Yeah, it says, we travel back in time to the origin of the Illuminati and the Freemasons and many more, and we reveal how they all are subtly linked at the core from a system created thousands of years ago. We discover the hidden belief systems of the members and their roles in society as a ruling elite of the world. So it's... Uh, 
I think it's I think it'd be an interesting interesting watch. So that's why I picked that one. And, and then, guess what, folks? I was gonna say, what's your sale? Today's sale is right up Tim's alley. Again, I dove to the bottom and I brought up look look watch him. I brought up <laughs> treasure. God. <laughs> Look at Tim. So bad. <laughs> I Love Lucy, colorized collection with a free magnet on DVD. Um, so I would like to get this. So I saw... Could you, why don't you read the actual... Well, I, saw, I saw, so they've colorized these. And actually, the, Matt Bogart, our, our producer, had sent us a, a list. They actually released some of these in the movie theaters now. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to go see them. I was curious. I know Frank DeCaro went, and I wanted to hear how he liked them. Fathom Entertainment did it, I think. Is that who it was? So um, everybody knows who I Love Lucy is, but they've colorized a number of the episodes. And so this set that you can get um, for... The great price of only $21.99 on DVD includes many of the episodes Pioneer Women, Lucy Does a TV Commercial Job Switching, The Million Dollar Idea, Bonus Bucks, LA at Last, Lucy Gets Some Pictures, The Fashion Show, Groman's. Um, I don't or like Marks. The one I don't like, if there's an ever I Love Lucy episode I turn off, it's Lucy Goes to Scotland. I've oh always hated that one. I was, if you had said to me, guess which one I don't like, I. I would have said Scott. I've never ever like that watched one. it. I've never liked it. The whole McGillicuddy thing. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it was not a not a good, not a good, not a. But good. you know, in the arc of all the shows, to have one or two duds, it, what, that's still there's a, a couple yeah. duds. But um, but I think what a, what a great uh, a great addition to have, and it's weird to see and, that stuff in and, color. And is this the Christmas show with the baby Jesus? I don't think so. There is an unaired Christmas show where yeah. Ethel keeps stealing the baby Jesus from the. They said it would never air again. They only I did don't it think once. They ever aired it? Yeah, they said it was very sacrilegious. I think they ripped the head off of Jesus or something. I don't know what happened, but it's like they will never show the Seinfeld episode again with the Puerto Rican Day Parade. It's never to be run on, on syndication. No, remember Kramer takes the Puerto Rican flag to put the fire out. Yeah, runs the flag, and then one of them is stuck in a car as yeah. the parade. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They said it will never run in syndication again. Too offensive. Although you know, as I was watching Seinfeld the other day, it could never run now. Yeah, a lot they, of them. They're a full-time offender. Yeah. All right. So, uh, again, focusgroupradio.com is where you need to go. Look for the shark logo. It's the Deep Discount logo. Arr! We have the puppet appear. Happy birthday again, John, our friend from Deep Discount. Uh, I picked in the documentary and special interest sale a movie called Breaking Habits about a nun who helps people with medical cannabis. How can you resist the cover? I mean, it's, she's, I know. she's got the habit on and she's holding a cannabis plant. Uh, Tim, you picked... I picked the Secret Society's Belief Systems of the Ruling Elite. Which is a utter... You, you, you have been very fascinated by that for a long time. Well, you know, I used to watch the stuff about Skull and Bones. I'm still fascinated by Skull and Bones. For instance, John Kerry and George Bush... All Skull and Bones. ...who both ran against each other, but they have this bond that they won't talk about. I'd like to know what's going on. And the release this week for all you Lucy fans, and if you're not, this is a great set to pick up. I love Lucy colorized collection with a free magnet on DVD. Garrett, what do we say? Thanks, Deep Discount. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we return, we have a shop talk about Berlin. We'll leave it at that. You know, Mnuchin's a Skull and Bones guy, too. Which is odd. We all know each other, then. You're listening to The Focus Group with Tim and John. Learn more at focusgroupradio.com. Focus on the savvy side of 9 to 5 with The Focus Group. Try 
really try. Listen, laugh, and learn with Tim and John. I never try anything. I just do it. Hey, welcome back to The Focus Group. Tim Bennett here, as always, with my good friend and co-host, Mr. John Nash. My voice is still bad. I still have that respiratory thing. over your sinus infection. So is that what it is? Yeah, because you have that. Oh, it was allergies. Yeah. Those are my voice. I feel like Stevie Nicks. Yeah. Wait, Taking I made all it kinds baby. of medicine. Wait a baby. I'm going to save everyone. By the way, I still love that band. What a journey we've been on today. We have the, the doll. We have the engine light thing. I, I provided such fodder for the show today, right? Well, it's sad. Because I, I think sometimes, well, we had the reusable bag. Do you use a reusable We never actually like mentioned whether you use a reusable bag. Yes. And the reusable bag that I use most often has a picture of... <laughs> I'm not even going to tell you what it is. What is it? I'm not tell, tell me you. it's a little Star Wars thing. It's a Star Wars thing. It's Luke and, uh, Luke and Darth with crossed lightsabers. I'm at the grocery store the other day, and it's, I have a small, it's a small bag for like small stuff. So the woman's putting the stuff in, and she goes... You like that Star Wars, don't you? But it was so like, you know, what are you doing with this bag? You know, anyway. You know, I. I if you leave Tim, if you leave Tim speechless, I, I, and you've achieved I, something, I, 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 what to say? You've known me since high school, and yet I still. I know surprised. you're still dragging around that little Star Wars bag. I mean, for God's sakes! Why well, I'm not still dragging around? It was a. The, Would you take a Hello Kitty bag? If I could find one, I would do Hello Kitty. Or one time I was on a flight down to, where were we going? We were going to Barbados, and there was a, a young uh, Japanese woman sitting next to, uh, like across the aisle, and she had a bag. And the bag had this little cartoon on it, and it says, Mr. Junko, like Mr. J-U-N, Mr. Junko. And then it says, we, we were fascinated by the English thing, because it, underneath it it says, in here, small things find good home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Junko. In Did here. you want the bag? Well, we wanted the bag only because of the English thing. And then years later, you gave Bob, you gave us T-shirts from a site that Happy Joy. Yeah, it just Bob still wears his down. Then I'm on my party. His was a flag. It was the um, England. Ing <laughs> yes. All right. Now, as to our listen, shopping. when you go to Japan, and, and I haven't been in 15 years, but you know, you could just go to the store and buy that stuff. It was great. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know if it was the instructions wink and a nod. Little, the instructions for my little posable man doll were in Japanese, and half of them don't make sense. I mean, it's like you was know, was it translated? It was literally like someone, you know, like you will see here your doll, which is a succeeding the female doll. If you are to bend, if you are to bend the shoulders, which you can do, but please be. I mean, it's all like you know. I laugh because and we used to always say this to the Japanese nationals. We were all friendly, and we said. You are the most westernized, one of the most advanced, biggest economies in the world, most westernized of any of the Asian nations. All of you just about speak English. There's plenty of English speakers here. Why don't you fix the directions or any of the they, signage? They smile or just laugh. <laughs> because it is so funny. I mean, it's almost as if it's a wink and a nod of ha, ha, ha. It's my way to get because the stuff just doesn't make sense. Didn't you tell me once that you caught them making fun of American accents? or Well, so when, you know how we, when we say, oh, how somebody will make fun of the way a Chinese person will speak, oh, ching, 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 say yeah. something like that, or we'll, oh, ha, 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 yeah. We try to pretend or mimic a, a, way, or, yeah. a way somebody would speak in a foreign language. And so they must do it about English. So I said, how do you make fun of English? 
when you want to say the English people, and they all laughed, and then they said, "That's what they." So they hear that of all the s's and everything. So if you think about the way we talk, and if you just listen, just listen, and lots of ings and and they laugh when they tell you this. See, that's what's missing nowadays. To have that kind of conversation now, I mean, we're having it, but I don't know. Well, you know, they do have a little bit of a sense of humor. I remember one time I, I was giving serving kamikazes on uh, December 7th at the office. And uh, Which is, it was late at night. It was Pearl bombing Harbor. at Pearl Harbor. Yeah. And the, all of a sudden, a couple of Japanese guys came in. I'm like, oh, my God. And what are you doing? And I said, we're having kamikazes. It's, it's Pearl Harbor Day. And they just looked at me and they said, oh. And then they very deadpan, December 8th for us. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're a day ahead and off they went. <laughs> and off they December 8th for us. See? See? <laughs> Hilarious! Like is December seventh, December seventh. Oh no! no. Pro- oh, December eighth for us. Bye bye. <laughs> Enjoy your kamikazes. Yeah, I love those stories because again, it relates to the fact that they're people. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. on the what, people. What was our front, story? <laughs> well, our story is one that you found, which there are two it's basic fraught with issues. Well, all right. The headline reads, Drive-In Sex Booths Proposed for Berlin's Historic Tempelhof Airport. So Berlin's former Tempelhof Airport has witnessed some major events in its time. A Nazi airfield during World War II. It was the site of the Berlin airlift during the Cold War. And most recently, an emergency shelter for refugees fleeing Syria. In 2008, it was taken out of service and transformed into a gigantic park. And Berliners can now be seen rollerblading down its former runways on summer evenings or riding bikes. But the airfield may soon take on less wholesome role if one local politician has his way. And so and there's a district in Berlin called the Mitt. Am I, I knew you were going to do this. This is a district in Berlin. Okay. <laughs> we it's, don't know it's German. Spelled, it's M-I-T-T-E. So Mitt. 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 Any of you speak German in the booth? M-I-T-T-E? No. That could be like Cat. Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, what was it? What was the comedian? Ka- um, Catherine Tate. There's a sketch she does where she, she does this character. I can do that. Someone goes, "We lost our translator for the big conference." She says, I can do that. You know the one I'm talking about. And she sits down in front of the the uh, the, the the Swedish person. Do but do but do the cow. And they all like are aghast that she's just doing what we did with it. Anyway, so the issue seems to be that residents um, in a certain area of the city. There seems to be a lot of prostitution, right? But the way I read the article, there seems to be enough of it going on that they actually have to move it to the airport. Did yeah. you did you <laughs> did you get the same thing out of it that I did? They want to take it out of the busy high class area and, and control it a little better. And and they want to put it in a drive in booth. Yeah. Well they were gonna make little booths at the airport so you could just drive in and uh, have your say have your sex. Either, I guess, in the car or in the booth. Have the sex worker set up in the booth, and you can either drive so, it. So this politician, um, this the, Stephen Van Dossel, says, Residents and businesses have been calling for a ban on street prostitution for many years. Yet he notes that the Berlin Senate has refused to implement regulatory restrictions because it fears a deterioration of the overall situation. Then he says, he is now proposing a restriction on street prostitution in the district instead offering sex workers booths in controlled areas in a bid, he says, to improve the lives of residents and sex workers alike. And they said a lot of these women that are forced into prostitution by the pimps, um, 
don't necessarily have. So they're, they're, they say there's it's a, a safety. There's a safety issue. There's a big health issue. And they said by putting it or regulating it a bit more like they've done in a number of other cities. And they actually said in the city of Cologne, they've done this in 2001. And they've done it in other areas of Europe as well. They've done it in Zurich, um, Bonn. Is that how you say it? B-O-N-N and, uh, yeah. and Essen. And they also uh, have done it or they talked about how they tried to do it in Paris and um, it didn't work so well there. But in these other areas, they think that it's worked well. Way back in the 80s, the very first sex boost appeared in the Netherlands. And uh, they think this would be a good way to control not only the, the uh, prostitution out in the open, but also be a safer environment for the, for the sex workers as well as, I guess, for the, for the patrons. Hey, listen, people have been doing... And paying for sex forever, right? For prostitution. Well, it's not, not probably the oldest profession in the world. Why not regulate it and... Did you, was your takeaway, I bet you're going to... I'll say this, you'll probably agree with me. My other takeaway was, we don't even have discussions like this in the United States. This no. is distinctly a European thing. Yeah, we they acknowledge the behavior. They know it's real. It is a business. People are involved. Human beings are involved. Let's make sure they're being taken care of. This would get and not exploit people. The, yeah. Although the, Nevada had legalization, right? The Bunny Ranch and some places. And I don't know if they, st I guess they still do. Mm -hmm. But I'm surprised it hasn't caught on in the rest. I guess maybe I'm not surprised. I mean, people still won't make a cake for somebody who's gay. Well, and, I don't and, know if, and we take, would, don't and know take, if we'd offer sex, sex drive-in booze. Well, and take one of the biggest, um, one of the most influential industries in terms of technology and adaptation or adopting things is porn. So porn decided the future of VHS versus Betamax. You know this, right? right. Like wh whatever that they went for, that was the format that won. DVDs are kind of here and suddenly porn's on DVD. Boom, DVD. <laughs> Online, whatever. You know, there are regulations about workers uh, in the uh, sex industry or the adult entertainment industry. They do have uh, get-togethers and dinners and there are regulations about health and stuff. But it's always talked about in such a... Taboo. Yeah, and I don't know. It, it's such an integral part of who we are, and this has been going on for years. So that's why I found this article to be at first like, oh, weird. They're going to be driving into a booth in an old airport. But then when I thought about it, I thought, wait a minute, they're actually talking about something we won't, we would never talk about in the open. I think. Well, and it's like I guess in Amsterdam, where they right, the actual yeah. right the the actual sex workers there are tested for uh, venereal disease or HIV or other. Uh, sexually transmitted diseases, make sure they have a clean bill of health. Now in Amsterdam, um, in the red light district, they used to, you, if you've ever been there, have you ever heard of that? I've never, been to, I've never been to the Netherlands. All right, so we need to go. It's one of Bob's favorite countries and favorite cities is Amsterdam. I love it to death. It's a great, it's such a humane and cool city. It's changed a lot, like many of our areas of Europe, thanks to the influx of different nationalities and religions. So it's not quite as open and, and you know, the Dutch are very known for being open. But in the red light area, the red light district, there are storefronts where women sit on a chair or they sit in a window. And they're sometimes they're reading a book. <laughs> they're knitting. I mean, it's but that's you, what, that's indicative of what's inside that building. Are they're, they dressed? Yeah, very scantily or kind of sexy outfit. Now they have men doing it, too. So, really? yeah, so you could either you could go in and and I thought that is it a negotiation or is it a set price? I don't know. That's a great question. Um, I'm going to say that it must be a negotiation on some level. 
What do you want? I want this. Okay. Have you boys ever been to Amsterdam? <laughs> They're not going to tell no, us. No, I wish. Would you go? Yeah, why not? Would you partake? Well, I have a yes. girlfriend. I know. If you didn't have a girlfriend. I don't... It doesn't really... Uh, appeal to you? I, I, my friends that have gone and said it's kind of weird because any good-looking girl, you know, you're like you're 20th in line that day kind of thing. <laughs> you mean so there's no... broken in, ready to go. Yeah. Oh, my like, God. You think about that. Oh, my God. We are all a bunch of... Do you think... Well, I, I, do you think there's a limit on the day? How much you can do in a day? Well, it depends. it's up to the girl, right? How much they want to make, I would assume. And, you know, here's Makes one sense. for you. There was an article that came out. I forget what. It was either Paper Magazine or it was one of these, like, um, independent press kind of, like Village Voice or something. And they had an interview with uh, two people. One was a, a female sex worker and one was a male sex worker. And they both said something that was fascinating, that 80% of their clients didn't even want to touch them. So let's say they had 10 encounters a day. Seven to eight of those would result with them just being someone's companion or sitting with them. To talk? Just to talk. I was shocked. And, and, and they, the you go to Starbucks and get a coffee. Well. Sit and talk to somebody. The one, the one woman, the, the woman they interviewed said it, sometimes it involved a little more than that, caressing, whatever, some touching. But she said it wasn't like every time she went to a client's, it was full on, let's get going. Often, it, she said some of her favorite clients were the people that would have her over, or they'd have tea, whatever, like, they're paying for companionship, right? I do have a funny, a friend of mine hired, <laughs> a woman hired a man to yeah. come over. And you have to she hear literally. You have to hear her tell the story. So she she hires the man to come over to be her you know companion for the hour or so, and she wanted a specific thing done, and he wanted to have intercourse. And she said, "No, that's not what I want." She wanted something else from him, and he goes, "Well, I don't want to do that." She, he said, "I'd like to have intercourse." She, goes, she said, "Well, then you pay me." <laughs> she threw him out. I laughed. I don't even know where you. Uh you know, where you find all this anymore. Find a man. She lives in New York. She must have called him up. Yeah, but, you know, um, if before the Internet... I guess it was all taken down now. You're not allowed to... Well, a lot of these sites... Companionship? Yeah, I don't know how they... Yeah, yeah. You boys have done other shows here. Can you find, can you find um, sex workers to come in? We should interview a couple. How have many you, do you want? Have other shows had them on? <laughs> oh, <God>. Garrett! <laughs> Garrett, how many do you want? Yeah. What uh, gender, non-specific? So how do people find them? Is it on a website? Because a lot of it's hidden now, right? Mm. Oh, yeah, I don't know how people... F a lot of porn stars now just have, like, booking things on their Twitter. Oh, really? you yeah. know, Garrett, you're right. A lot, of the, a lot of the adult entertainment workers have social media ways of connecting with them. They have, like, private oh. Snapchat. So you do a you DM to, or something? You have to oh, pay okay. a month for then you can get in that way. And they yeah. put up language saying that they're, if, you pay, if you're paying them, it's only for companionship, yeah. and that's a legal way for them to do all that. With That's interesting. Garrett's probably right. I bet it is a lot through um, social. You're, about two or three years ago, if you were gay and you wanted to hire, um, the, the big, big thing was, uh, what was it? Rent Boy, um, wasn't it? Rent Boy? Rentboy.com, maybe? Yeah. Rent, rent, no, it was Rentboy. Yeah. And the feds took down the owner for all these tax issues. Did he go to jail or something? He did. Or he did go to And there was a plea deal and the money had to be paid. But the Times actually had an article that ran about four months after the site was taken down. And they interviewed 
two of the guys that used to advertise on there, one of them told a heartbreaking story of how this is how he made his money. He lived with his father. His father was disabled. The, so whatever he was making doing his um, companionship uh, business. <laughs> what, Look at how nice you are. His companionship. Well, you know, that's what he, but again, if, if seven or seven, seven out of 10 of these encounters is just, hi, how are you doing? You know, not a bad way to make a buck. But the, he was paying for medical stuff. And, the, and, right. then he had, and then he said once that site was down, they had no way of connecting with their, their, um, their customers because that was such an ingrained thing for some of these people. Oh. So it, I guess, you know, uh, they probably figured out other ways to, to do that. But I don't know if there's any monolithic site anymore. And I think there must have been one for um, the non-gay People I sometimes feel sorry for people along the way that I've known that have done that to make ends meet in something, and I have felt sorry for them um, for doing it because I thought sometimes it might have been more of an act of desperation. But I went to a uh, there was a, um, a an academic book that was published about six years five years ago. It was called The Male Sex Worker, and it was a, a huge. I remember that book. We yeah, were going to interview the guy. Interview the, you know? And it was a big result of a big clinical study where they interviewed. It was about health. It was about um, psychological health, emotional health. And they interviewed. There's a chapter where they interview a couple of the people. And some of these guys, it wasn't anything to be sad about. They liked what they did. Yeah. This, they enjoyed it. There was a way. This is how they were wired. They enjoyed meeting people and doing this. Um, I think we put a lot of societal, I think we put a lot of judgment on stuff like that just by nature of the fact of what it is. Well, I never thought about the fact that it really is just companionship. Maybe you're just somebody talking. I could do that. I'll make a buck. <laughs> Ding dong. Oh, my God. I, I have Tim Bennett. I thought from, we were just talking. I have Tim Bennett from the focus group here. We're going to talk. <laughs> Coffee? I know some of our listeners would actually probably uh, be quite happy if you answered, if they answered the door and Tim was there for, for companionship. Well, you never know, John. Everyone's got a price. <laughs> It's all right. Well, we're going to wrap it up there, folks. We want to thank Garrett. Everyone's got a prize. Look at Garrett in there smiling. <laughs> we want to thank you for spending your time with us today. I certainly do hope you learned something. Well, it's been quite a day, John. A gamut from the low dolly, pressure lights tires, to dollies, prostitution, to, to Berlin sex booths. My booze, goodness. And, and we went to deep discount land. And Sharky came out and wished John a happy birthday out, out west. Lauren's husband. Anyway, thanks to Deep Discount for being with us here on The Focus Group. It's the documentary sale, documentary special interest sale. Uh, I picked Habits. Tim picked a movie about secret societies, which actually... Secret societies. Actually sounds cool. And a systems of the ruling... Colorized Lucy with Fridge Magnet set is available at DVD. That's the release of the week. We want everybody to not text and drive and arrive alive, and we'll see you in the new week. It's The Focus Group with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Accessible on all platforms. Subscribe, like, and rate us on your platform of choice. Learn more at focusgroupradio.com. That was a stunning focus group.